This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, welcome to our podcast. It's called Bustin' Balls. Yeah, we spent a lot of time figuring that one out. And what a design for our logo. Uh, but don't forget to check it out. We're going to focus a lot in on uh, drafts, prospects in the future, like a lot of the uh, podcasts that we've done so far. Myself, Pat Caputo, and Evan Jenkins, the webmaster. And uh, check it out. And Evan, maybe once in a while, we'll really genuine, but bust some balls on this thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Evan, this whole thing with the draft, you know, after a certain point, uh, I, I, I don't try to be cynical or sarcastic, but it's a Lions. So I, you never know what they're going to pull out of their bag of tricks, even with the new regime. I can't help but think that way. And also, uh, you know, just the kind of narrative about things. Uh, where the basic general narrative, I, I tend to disagree with a lot of folks. Uh, there's this thought process that the Lions just need to fill some needs. And, uh, you know, it's not like that. I, I, they can make improvement, but if, whatever improvement they make, it has to be organically based on building for something bigger. They can't do the stupid stuff that they've done in the past and then expect a different result. And the stupid stuff they've done in the past is like draft for need when the team isn't remotely an, uh, uh, a contender for the championship. And it, backing into the playoffs doesn't mean anything. You back into the playoffs if you're the Lions. Okay, Evan, here's a quick question for you. What's the Lions' all-time wildcard record? I'm springing it's, it. I'm going to guess 0 and 5. 0 and 9. Okay. Yeah, they got into the wild card spot nine times. I had to think. I was like, 91. That was a divisional game, wasn't they, it? They, they actually <laughs> won the division twice. They won it in 91 and, uh, and in 93. Okay. And uh, the only time they hosted home playoff games were at that time. And they did beat Dallas, but man, ninety one and ninety three. You know how long ago that was? Yeah, people born then are drinking now, so <laughs> it's like. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it, it's it, it's so long ago, man. That you know this little uh, item I'm holding up here. It's known as my phone wasn't around. So just looking at this draft, uh, the way I keep hearing the narrative, I, and I'm not mad at the gurus, and I'm not mad at the folks that call in at ninety seven won the ticket. You know, cool. But it, to me, it's about getting the best talent. And that's where I have a problem because, because the Lions have such a weird past and such a disastrous past, it tends to, past, it tends to uh, cloud what the future should be. Uh, an example, I'm looking at the number two pick in the draft, right? Tell me the three guys that you get most of the calls for when you're uh, screening calls for Doug and uh, Gator. I get Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. I get Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. And then I get the edge rusher Walker from Georgia. Yeah. Those are three names that 
more so have risen of over the last couple of weeks, I would say, attached to the Lions, more so than anybody else. Okay. Uh, with Walker, you know, he had a tremendous wonder, underwear Olympics at the Combine. He, he was a relatively unproductive player. Yeah, six sacks on that defense this year. It had me questioning a few things. Well, also, if you look at his pro football focus grade, uh, it's way down the list among defensive ends. Now, He's playing with a bunch of talented players, and could that have negated his stats? Or is it a situation where there's so much talent because he didn't take that many snaps? They had so many good linemen, they rotated guys in, so he wasn't out there for as many opportunities as Thibodeau when he was healthy, and certainly Aiden Hutchinson. So the sack numbers weren't that good, production. You didn't watch those games and go, oh, yeah, man, Walker. You've talked about N'Kobe Dean. You talked about Davis, you know, the big heavy set tackle. And that's, you know, the two guys that you talked about a lot. You know, after you saw Georgia dismantle Michigan. And it was only, by the way, one game. It wasn't their whole season. All right? And you can't judge everything by one game. So, I I don't know. You know, I mean, the guy was a freak of nature. But how good a football player is he actually? Because it isn't about the workout Olympics. It's like Tyreek Hill was just traded. Tyreek Hill is like run the 40 time with a lot of these guys at the 4-2, whatever. Oh, yeah. But he runs way faster in a football uniform and catches passes and moves chains. Where a lot of these really fast guys, they got boards for hands. Yeah, it almost reminds me of a few years ago when the Raiders drafted Cleland Farrell and everybody was like, I wonder why. Now, he hasn't exactly produced at a top-five pick like he should have, but it does seem like ever since the Combine came around, he does this athletic freak stuff that he's jumping up draft boards. And do you think, like, how much of that Combine should actually factor into when you're drafting a player? Is it 10%? Is it 50%? Like, I, I, I guess I'm so curious. Well, sometimes how much it, it, it signifies a great athlete. Sure, but and uh, sometimes it signifies a great football player. Sometimes it confirms, you know, athleticism that they've seen on tape. But it's completely different than actually playing the game. Couldn't be more different. And uh, to some degree, I think maybe the combine, you know, has run its course. Now they're putting it on on the weekend days and have all this commentary about it. And uh, all of a sudden, miraculously, they're like a miracle of times or faster. And I was just, like, looking at it and thinking, you know, the NFL went from when I was a beat writer not that long ago where you couldn't go and see the workouts. You only went down there, and they would talk to you afterwards. I went there, and I remember going – this was, like, five years ago maybe. When when Sue was up for free agency, so whatever year that was, Martin Mayhew was talking. And we got there, and I'm like, what time are we going to go watch inside the stadium? And they're like, you don't watch inside the stadium. You can watch on these TVs. No idea why that – like, what am I going to say? They didn't even have the TV coverage. That's wild. So now – Has it ever been explained to you why they don't wear pads during those things? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Isn't because that the it would make thing? It, it would make sense. A big difference, I mean, between playing with pads, especially at some positions and not others. That's why I think the Senior Bowl, to a large degree, I get way more out of that. Uh, watching those senior bowl practices because they're going full out, man. They're trying to get paid. And people who are running a 40-yard dash trying to get paid doesn't make sense. It, you know, they lose weight. Uh, Hutchinson was down from what he is. Well, Jordan Davis, Davis was, was down. down to like two, 
or 340 instead of yeah, 360. Yeah, and all it. those guys. And then the first thing they do is go get room service. Well, yeah. Well, and they train specifically for, for that. That's it. And it, it, it's crazy. So would Pat Caputo at number two, you're the GM of the Detroit Lions, would you select Walker? No. Okay. No. Um, Doesn't mean I'm right, but, you know, to me, he's not a number. I, his position fits. And, uh, you know, if you look at the athleticism, it fits. But as a football player, it's different. If you watch him actually play and you watch Georgia play, that wasn't a name that you saw all the time. Now, conversely, Kyle Hamilton ran a slow 40. It was pretty fast for a safety, but it was like the slowest safety because all the numbers were fast. Right. And in a combine where everybody's numbers are jumping off the page, you're seeing record numbers from wide receivers, and then you see the top safety run this 4.59. And then at his pro day, I believe he ran a 4.56. And his Which comment, used to be really fast for a safety. And his comment was he he wanted to run four four seven was what his goal was. Now he's a second behind that, or a tenth of a second behind that. I'm sorry. And what do you think about him at number two? Because it seems like a lot of people are attached to Kyle Hamilton at two. I am very reserved with that because if I see a small or a slow safety, I see wide receivers running past him. But he's not a slow safety. Okay. If you watch, all you got to do, and look, I'm not, look, I, I'm, I'm come on here, I'm going to tell you I respect scouts. Sure. And I respect those who watch tape all the time. Okay. I do not watch tape like they do. All right? I, I do not do that. I do it as an interested media member, and I do it because I love the sports. Yeah. All right? And so I watch more than most. But if you watch Kyle Hamilton, you don't have to be one of those guys to see that he has range. That he goes sideline to sideline, closes in on receivers like nobody has ball hawking skills. He his other test, he was slow in the one other one that was like a burst thing, but he was really good in the other test, and he can jump. Okay. All right. And he, he's an instinctive football player. So, he's he, he reads and reacts incredibly quickly and which, sees what's happening in front of him, which is just what you want in a safety. And certainly his base athleticism is not going to be where he's going to get run by. And what you just said, like um, your instincts on the field, that could make you play faster than That's running straight That's absolutely true. Okay. So what like, do you think? There's not some kind of, you know, everybody talks about twitch athleticism, but there's twitch in your mind too. Right, it's seeing a play develop before it's it like you know, Tyree Kill can see what he's going to do before that ball's even in his hands. Yes, okay. You know so. he's already and he's not scripting it in his mind at all. That's right. just his athleticism. It's like a basketball player going up. He's not planning what he's doing, but he's got an idea of it, and that's part of being a great athlete. Kyle Hamilton has that. I don't know if Walker has that. Now safety is an undervalued position. Mm -hmm. It's like when the Lions took a cornerback a couple years ago, and then it was like, yeah, they took a corner. You know, it was like the stupidest pick ever. Well, safety is even further down the charts. <laughs> All you got to do is look at what they're paid when they get their franchise tag. Absolutely. But Kyle Hamilton, uh, you know, to me, would help the Lions more than uh, what Walker would. Now, as far as quarterback's concerned, I wouldn't take Malik Willis at two. Okay, and that's the third guy that gets brought up a lot other than the names that we've been hearing all the way up that's until right. now. And there's a reason for it. And, it, and again, it, it's like when uh, Zach Wilson threw a pass and it was a gif. 
Remember that? Mm-hmm. You know, he threw it sidearm. Oh, 50 it was yard. the same exact pass that Willis threw. The, the yeah. run against your body, throw it then against your body as well. Yeah, and, and Wilson and Willis threw the ball seventy-five yards right on the guys. You know, it's like, wow, look at this. You know, and the other thing was uh, Trevor Lawrence threw in like eighty yards. You know, right on the guys. Oh, look at this. Yeah, right. They're standing there in shorts. The guy's running down the field. The receiver isn't, you know, at liberty as fast as the receivers he's going to be throwing to. It has nothing to do with anything. So in, in in what has a lot to do with it was what he did at the Senior Bowl. And I thought he was really good. I mean, you could see where he's got a better fastball than everybody. Okay. All right? That's without question. And he, he can run. And this, his size thing is not an issue. He's in, in – between six foot and six one, quarterbacks are getting throwing lanes now. Yeah, you can make it at that size now in the NFL. The NFL's and changed with the prototypical NFL quarterback. He's got he's he's got the same mo uh, when it comes down to his athleticism. As a matter of fact, even a little bit more than Russell Wilson. The difference is Russell Wilson has got the fluidity of uh, an athlete. It's why he was a great baseball player, mm-hmm. and his mind. You know, develops everything quickly right in front of him and can absorb it. And I don't know if Willis is going to be able to do that. So if you got a second pick and you can get a, a defender that is an actual impact player, you take that defender there. Willis is somebody that you would take if you had a second first round pick or he lasts in the draft far beyond. And I'm, I think the Lions absolutely. And you've heard this over and over from me. Need to address the quarterback spot. The idea and the narrative that all these quarterbacks are garbage is draft mock talk, which in my uh, vernacular means, hey, you know what? It's a bunch of chatter. But when you go back after all the draft and you remember all the things you called up the radio station about or all the draft gurus about, they never talk about the things that didn't go the way they thought. Like, you know, a couple years ago with Todd McShay, who does a great job. Yeah. And some of these other draft gurus basically defecating on Herbert. (laughs) Do you remember that? I totally do. Because after his his junior year, everybody was like, he's the guy. He came back for his final year. And then all of a sudden he got crapped on. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? And, I mean, it was byproduct of uh, where he was playing, I guess, and everything. But... So does this comment from Rod Wood make you nervous at all? Because I know you said anything the Lions... Rod Wood says it involves is it involved football, not to, it to... does. Okay. It absolutely does. Because today at the owners' meeting, he talked. Uh, the Lions are getting the NFL draft and yada yada. He was asked on why the Lions did not pursue Deshaun Watson. I'm not saying this has anything to do with the draft, but well, it does. His comment was, "quote unquote," we have a quarterback. Does that make you nervous that they're going to stick with Jared Goff and? steer away like if they don't draft a quarterback in this draft do you think that they believe Goff is their guy going forward look uh I would say this about what Rod Wood said first of all why would you say that there's no there's no even if you have no intention of taking a quarterback even if Jared Goff is their quarterback and they're going to give him a contract extension which to me wouldn't be the right move but even if you're doing that, why would you say that publicly? Yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, if you now if you're smart, all right, and uh, you understand the landscape of this draft, you know that there are certain teams that are looking for quarterbacks. Maybe Seattle, maybe Carolina, 
Oh, you can go down the list. Even teams that picked up some of the veteran. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta's going to need. Atlanta one. doesn't have yeah, Matt Mariota's Ryan. Not going to be the guy there forever. No, he may not be the guy because it's it hasn't happened in a long time where one of those quarterbacks that doesn't work and gets traded in. Yeah, ends up being. A, tell me when it happened. Darnold didn't work. I mean, none of them have worked. Yeah, not really. No. You have to go back uh, quite a few years. Uh, maybe you could say Tannehill, but he played Miami for many years. Yeah. And it was and then, reasonably effective there. And they also flame out in the playoffs. So Yeah. So if you're looking at that, so one of those teams may fall in love with Willis or maybe somebody else. Like I said, you know, teams aren't out there going, yeah, I'm going to do this and that. This is when they start doing it. So if you're the Lions and you're holding number two, and there's no obvious number two. You know, if Baden Hutchinson isn't there or there isn't somebody that's just like a franchise game changer, why would you go out publicly and say, no, don't say, hey, you know, uh, we've already got a quarterback. No, they've, they've got a quarterback who's in the third tier. Yeah. All right, that's what Jared Goff is. And I respect Jared Goff for his attitude. He's a good player and everything. Love unbelievable it. professional. Okay, yeah, unbelievable. But that's what he is, and you're gonna, it's going to cost you a bunch of money, and you have to draft a quarterback because of that whole slot thing, you yeah. know, with the salary cap, which people conveniently forget. And if you get one in the first round, you got control of them for five years. Which is great, and because like what you said, you know what he could have said is maybe the Deshaun Watson situation wasn't right for us here in Detroit, but we're always looking to make our team better. Well, that he could have said that, but it tips off the hand about the number two pick. Right. No, I can understand not signing Deshaun Watson. Right, and that's why I'm saying. I mean, I saying, wouldn't have gone anywhere near that if I'm the Lions. Lions can't handle distractions. I they, got, they simply can't. No, I, I agree with not that. Not those type. Maybe the hard knocks thing because they got the coach that's got the personality to deal with it. You know, and Goff will be good with it. And he's already been through it. Yeah. But they don't have, you know, the ability right now to bring in somebody like that. That's going to destroy Cleveland. Oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that well, franchise doesn't either. I mean, that news conference is awkward. So what you do is you act like, well, with Deshaun Watson, you know, we're not interested in, you know, that or whatever. We got a veteran quarterback, but, you know, we're looking at our quarterback position all the time. Exactly. So like, it keeps the door open yeah, that you might us. take a quarterback at two. So there's a possibility you could trade up and get more. They need draft capital. Exactly. Well, it's funny that you mentioned draft capital and the trades and everything because I think two trades happened over the course of the last month that are going to totally impact the Detroit Lions in their draft because one need, and we've talked about it greatly, is a wide receiver later in the draft for the Detroit Lions. And now with Kansas City having two picks, straight away Tyree Kill, their 1A receiver, and Green Bay also <laughs> trading away Devontae Adams and in exchange, they now have two first-round picks, and you got to imagine with Aaron Rodgers coming back that they promised him some kind of improvement. And when you trade his best receiver, got to think that some of those guys are going to come off the board. How do you think that will affect the Lions? You know, again, it gets back to those goofy forty times because the best receivers aren't going to be like the goofy forty times. Not for the Lions. And it's a draft that, like last year's draft, there were tons of young receivers. Tons. Who came into the league and did well. Ma Ross St. Brown, of course. Prime example. Prime example. And this year there's going to be again. But, again, it has to do with fit. How are you fitting your team together? And they need a deep threat. 
And the idea that a deep threat comes from somebody who's smaller and faster isn't the type of deep threat that they need. They need somebody who's bigger and can stretch the field on the outside, high point balls if he's running down the field with corners in single coverage. I'll fight two guys if there's a cover two and the safety comes over. Some of you can throw a fade two in the corner. That's of the right. Zone. And a lot of times those aren't the fastest guys. That's where the misnomer is. Now I look at the Lions and they're, you know, the obvious guy that would help them in that regard is Drake London. Oh yeah, but right. it seems like he's a top ten guy now, huh? Yeah, he's he's you know big catch radius, uh, productive player. That would be somebody. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see the perception of Travion Burks. Mm-hmm. I That's really, a kid from Arkansas. Yeah, I really like him. Huge hands on this guy too, and you know he can do things uh, that teams are doing now. You could use him as a bit of a Debo Samuel. Okay. Type of player out of the, the backfield, backfield. and uh, just the, the different elements that you use in a game. And the way the Lions are doing it, which is good, Lions are actually ahead of the curve. They're tightening their formations, and they're, you know, a bigger receiver will help them in that regard. Well, they were working in those wrinkles for St. Brown at the end of the year. That's right. And so I, I guess in my question with, with St. Brown and his emergence at the end of last year, you know, he was getting 10 catches a game with nobody else out there to help him out there. I mean, they could have suited up you and I, and he would have had as much help. And he consistently got those catches. Could he be a number one receiver? And, and I think what you said was interesting, that a deep threat doesn't have to be a fast guy anymore. Does the number Never one really change? has. It had to be. Does does the number one receiver still have to be the guy that can stretch the field, or is it just a guy that can? Well, it's a con- it's a con- look in Kansas City. Who was number one receiver? It was Tyreek Hill. Well, or was it Kelsey? Well, okay, sure. Yeah. You know, the guy that's so, catching ten passes for ten yards apiece. Yeah, but he run after the catch. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, Hill Hill did more than uh, just stretch the field. He moved the chains. He only averaged, I think, it was under fifteen yards a catch. Okay, but his catches were all, you know, uh, explosive. Just think uh, about the ones you see on Sports Center. You know, yeah, but he was he, again. It, Look, the guy had some deportment issues that caused him to drop down. But oh, you can go back and you can look at his high school, which I've done, man. I, you do that. Watch. Oh, uh, I bet that's exciting. Tyree Kill, just put high school and watch that. Probably like watching Derrick Henry. Uh, it, well, it was a small version of Derrick <laughs> yeah, Henry. Just unstoppable. He I just bet. run. I mean, just it, it was incredible. Dante it, Hall, remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great returner. Yeah, but, with Kansas City, I Yeah, but yeah, Tyree Kill, those guys. You know, they looked like a pretty good caliber of uh, competition he was up against. They just couldn't okay. couldn't stop him. So, so with receiver, you know, that's going to be it. And look, uh, Devontae Adams wasn't a first pick, first round pick. No, neither was Debo Samuel. Uh, Cooper Cup was a third round pick. So, what you have in the draft, you got a couple players that were first round, like Je- Jefferson from Minnesota. Yeah, and like Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase. And right. There's always going to be those guys. But if you look down to leading receivers in yards, uh, the vast majority of them were taken second or third round. Sure. I mean, and, Antonio uh, Brown, before he went absolutely crazy, that's like a six round guy that just. But if I'm the Lions form. and I'm looking for that receiver and I take him earlier in the draft, uh, uh, it would have to be somebody with size. If they take a, a, a Dotson mm-hmm. uh, from Penn State or uh, somebody like Sky Moore, uh, who's yeah, gonna, I think going to be very good, uh, those are slot guys okay. and smaller guys. They need size. They've got a good receiver at a slot. 
and there are other, you know, and they've got rentals or whatever to, you know, try to fill in. Again, it's like, who are you going to get for the future? Right. And like I said, at 32, if Burke slips them and uh, they're in a position to take a receiver, that to me would be the best one at 32. Okay, well, I'm glad that you brought up 32. I have three names that get brought up a lot for 32, and obviously there's a lot that could happen, and these guys may not be there. But one guy that gets brought up a lot is Pickens from Georgia. Yeah, big, another, he's a big receiver. Do you think he would fit, or should the Lions be cautious when coming with a player coming off of an injury? And that's also going to parlay me into the next player as well. Well, uh, picking specifically, uh, I don't know. He played one game, caught one pass. You know, he played in the, the title game. I, I think he's, uh, or in the playoffs, uh, I think he caught more than one pass. I'd have to double check. He only that. had a couple going into that game. Yeah. And, like, all you see from Pickens from this year is him tossing defensive backs. I mean, well, Dex he's Hill, huge and he's fast. Okay. And uh, I don't know what the, how am I going to know what his medical is? Sure. But, All right, so it depends on the medical. Uh, but because a player's hurt uh, doesn't mean that, that you should drop them down uh, in in the draft. You know, like Hamilton, for example, getting hurt. You know, is that going to drop him down in the draft? Probably no. not. But You um, know, so to me, if Pickens can play, uh, he can play. The one thing about Georgia is their offense isn't sophisticated by like college standards, where they run a bunch of RPOs and goofy plays. No, it's like run down the field and catch the ball. But they're but they do have what is more of a pro type of offense. Sure. So uh, even though they play it close to the vest, they do a lot more of what the pros do. So I would assume that he's run patterns and that he could come into the league as somewhat refined. So if they took him there and made that determination, uh, I wouldn't. That isn't a pick I would criticize. If they were wrong, I'd criticize. Well, sure, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But it, there's a similar effect with Pickens and 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 uh, uh, Burks. Okay, the same type of guy. You know, the thing with Burks is he's raw. Their offense was raw. I think I've told you this before, but his quarterback looks like a fullback at Arkansas. <laughs> you know, that dude. dude. That dude's a great runner, man, like in short yardage, and they run those things. So uh, he really didn't have a lot of people. Pat Again, you got to know who the quarterback is thrown to these guys in their system. Right. So uh, with that, uh, I would look and be a little hesitant about the injury. But otherwise, if they took him there, it would not be a reach. Okay, well, this guy, in my opinion. I, you, you mentioned that they shouldn't fall because of injury, but it does appear that David Ajabo, who suffered an Achilles injury at his pro day from the University of Michigan, seemed to be a guy that was going to go between 10 and 20, right? Now with this Achilles, it seems like he could be there at the end of the first round. Is that a guy you take a waiver on? And the, I'm only saying waiver because he had one year of success at the University of Michigan. He barely played as a sophomore. And, you know, that was his coming out party as a junior. But how much did he benefit from Aiden being on one side? Yes. I guess vice versa, still with Aiden as well. Right. Yeah, well, that's a great question. And obviously he's an impressive athlete, and obviously he's made a lot of progress. And he he checks off the box on intangibles. Oh, he's a freak of an athlete. Yeah, he's a big kid. He's got fast. He's somebody you want on your team. But yeah. there are injuries, and then there are injuries. And Achilles tendon, every time, and I, they tell me 
It's gotten a lot better, the surgery. I would assume so. It has and everything else. Cam Akers, he tore his. And he came back. He came back. Now, he wasn't the Cam Akers beforehand, but I mean. Well, David Ojabo isn't an explosive athlete. Yeah. And I've seen it on multiple occasions. Uh, The best example I can give you, maybe uh, some fans will remember this name. You probably will. Wasn't that long ago? It was Bryant Westbrook? Do you remember that name? Oh yeah, the cornerback from Texas. Uh, he had actually emerged as a potential All-Pro type of player. He had a 101-yard interception return against New England the first year Belichick uh, was the coach, and that Tom Brady made his debut in that game on Thanksgiving Day at the Silverdome. A week or two later, they're playing in Minnesota. He goes up with a jump ball with Randy Moss on that turf that they had at the oh, Metrodome. Yeah. And he snaps his Achilles tendon. He was never the same. All right? And uh, other players that I can think of, uh, Mikel LaShore actually was making some progress as a running back with the Lions uh, not that long ago. It looked like he was going to – if you look it up, you can see it. And then he snapped an Achilles tendon. He was never the same. So uh, we're going to see with Okuda, and we're going to see with the older Okora, Romeo. Yeah. With the Lions, they both had that injury. And uh, but uh, I've always been somewhat skeptical when that one and and I feel terrible. I mean, I can't when I hear Achilles tendon for a football players injury uh, to me, other than, you know, things that happen with the uh, brain or yeah, or like a straight up broken leg, like back or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, I feel, you know, uh, worse about that, because to me, especially if it's an explosive position, uh, it's something that you don't recover from. Dan Marino had it. You know, where he snapped his – but he was a, a statue quarterback to begin with. Yeah, he was dropping five steps and just winging the ball. He and wasn't that, moving much. He was that Achilles like, tendon was one of the most, uh, you know, influential Achilles tendon snaps in the history of Lions because Scott Mitchell went out there and played well, and then the Lions gave him a boatload of money, and you know what happened. And they gave him a boatload of money twice. <laughs> hey, not only did they do that, they re-signed the guy. And – and you know what? And this is probably the blessing of winning a national title. The the third guy I'm going to bring up is yet again another Georgia player, and that is Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia, who I know Doug Karsh from the Karsh and Anderson show likes him more than Kyle Hamilton. He thinks he's he's a that better be. player all around. How do you like him if they chose to go a different route with two and take him later as a safety? The safety class is pretty deep. Brisker from uh, Penn State's good. There's a number of uh, – I like that kid. Uh, I think it's P. Ryan. Or I think I'm pronouncing his name right. I hope I'm not. From Baylor. I don't okay. know. Okay. Uh, he's good, although he's a little smaller. So there's a lot of good safeties in that late first round, second Andre round, Dix third was round. a small dude, and he plays safety very well. He just got paid for it. Well, Earl Thomas, you know, I mean, if you can hit, you can play. Right. So you don't have to be six foot three to be a great safety in that league. Uh, but I'll say this: uh, uh, at three, the the player that I like there at that second pick, yeah, uh, is if he's there as an edge rusher, is uh, Boye Mafe. And you know, you say, well, who the hell is Boye Mafe? And I think there are some people listening to this that would know. But if you were to look at the Senior Bowl uh, workouts, the Senior Bowl game, the Combine, and then watch a team that was off the radar this year because they didn't have a very good year, but the player that stood out was Boye Mafe uh, for Minnesota. And people talk about freaks. This is an athletic freak. 
I like him a lot. So, and you see in some mock drafts, and these people, they've, they've done their homework too, Yeah, where his name is starting to pop up there. But if I'm looking for an edge rusher, say they took a different position at two, and they were looking for a guy that could get home with the quarterback, I, I have a feeling that this is going to be the guy. I think he, in some ways, is the most underrated uh, player going into this draft. So that would be a name that I would look at. And if you have some time, and, and the part of this is, I know everybody doesn't have all day and isn't into this like I am, sure. or like you are to shoes. Yeah. So, you know, this is like my hobby in addition to my job. That's why I concentrate so much on this because I love it. But I have to say that if you're looking for somebody, a couple guys, and and, and you'll be able to do this with all the podcasts we do here on busting balls. Uh, go look at some of the you know some of the players that we look up, and then you'll get an idea what we're talking about. And uh, boy, in my face, a guy that I would look at at 32. That to me uh, would be a player. If the Lions got him, it would be a tremendous value. Would I guess my final question, I guess on on this episode about the NFL draft would be. Would you like to see the Lions be aggressive using 32 and 34 to try to move up if somebody slips back? No. No? Okay. Uh, you know. Uh, you think save all the capital they have because they need it, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the more players you get, the better your odds are. Uh, I believe strongly that uh, one of the things you should do is try to get as many draft picks as you can. And when you get as many draft picks and you think about it analytically, it, it, it increases your odds of hitting. Because as the draft goes down from 1 to 10 and then 10 to 20, 20 to 30, in the NFL it's like this. It's like this in other drafts too. But it's particularly true in the NFL draft. Yeah, you get better players at 20 a lot of times. You get at 3 or whatever. Yeah. But the, if you go to look, the quality is still better in the 10. It's still better in the 20, and it's still better in the 30. Now, there's two ways to look at that. If there's a guy that you really love and you feel like you have to have, trade up for him. But let me ask you this. Are the Lions one player away from doing that? No. You know, people are putting together a lineup and saying this and that, and after two games there's a couple injuries and you don't have enough players. Oh, and it's completely different. You're, yeah. you're absolutely correct. I mean, I would say there are a good dozen players away from competing. So what I would do in the situation that they're in is think, hey, we're in the middle of a build. Mm-hmm. Not, it doesn't have to be rebuild, a build. So yeah. if you're doing that, I, I would play the card of more picks later to increase your odds of depth. Because even if you just get a guy rather than a star, sure, you know, then you're getting two pieces. If you just get a star and you you don't have just a guy in any positions, you know, you're 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 hamstringing yourself, right? You know that way. So that's how I would look at at the draft for the Lions. You know, in in the past they've done so many stupid things that way, and that's one of the reasons I feel that way. I think we've discussed the running back thing, right? Uh, a few times. A few times. So I'm not going to get into that again. <laughs> but how many times have they traded up for a running back, oh. even when they didn't have good teams? What did you say it was, like eight eight times, something like that? It's crazy. Well, I'll give you the uh, – can I just do it? Let's just do ke- it. Kevin Jones. Yep. Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javid uh, Best. Javid Best. Uh, Mikel LeSure. Carry on Johnson. That's five. Did I miss, did I miss somebody there? 
I don't think they moved up for Swift. They didn't so move up for there. Amir Abdullah. No. And how, how many of those guys have been really good players? And running backs. Running backs. Think about that, Evan. A position Their that- best running back, arguably, last year was some guy that would, you know showed up on the practice squad. Oh, yeah. Craig Netflix. Reynolds. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I think it's Swift, but it was a close second. But he was hurt, and you need to have that depth, just like you're saying. And in a position like running back where we might see maybe one drafted in the first round, the NFL's changed a little bit in that regard. Oh, yeah. There's two, there's two guys. Uh, Kenneth Walker the third is one. And then the kid from Iowa State is yeah. the other one, I right? Like, yeah, Brees Hall. I like that uh, Spiller kid from Texas A&M, too. He's pretty good. Yeah. But they're not going to go in the first round. There's no way. No, it's absolutely crazy. So, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited, man. We're only a couple weeks away, so yeah. we're going to get even more. I'm sure there's going to be another name that's going to pop up and surprise everybody. You know what I mean? It always happens. Hey, by the way, uh, we appreciate it. We're doing these podcasts. It's called Busting Balls. Myself, Evan's in here with me. Uh, It's going to be mostly about prospects, mostly about drafts. We'll be doing about the MLB draft. We'll be doing about the NHL draft, the NBA draft. And we'll be going over the farm systems and uh, the younger players of all the teams. And we'll get into some other stuff maybe, you know. Uh, We've got this, but – you know, check us out. You can get us at all the places you can get your apps. You know, we'll have that. And, uh, you know, any feedback or whatever, I'd appreciate, you know, just uh, what you want to hear and things. And, you know, it's going to be informative and hopefully a little bit of fun. So we've had a lot of fun with it, and uh, it's going to be a permanent thing, and uh, we love it. So stay tuned and subscribe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 